This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back. You're on the block. ESPN Radio. Great to have you here. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Super Bowl 52. Eagles, Patriots. We're knee deep in it now, baby. We're getting closer to Super Bowl Sunday. You can hear the game right here on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Let's uh, talk to a man who was on the call Monday night football, saw those Eagles, saw those Patriots. You can hear him on college basketball coverage coming up. Of course, a proud Syracuse alum and always a pleasure to catch up with Sean McDonough, the voice of Monday Night Football here on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Sean, how you doing, bud? Hey, Brent. Doing well, my friend. How are you today? I am great, and I, I, I'm i texting with Sean today, and he's like, yeah, I'm playing golf, I'm going to the Phoenix Open, doing all these things. Uh, it's 18 degrees uh, where we sit right now, Sean, oh, so make me I'm a little sorry. more jealous. It's about 80 <laughs> here in Arizona. Uh, but, you know, close your eyes pretend, I guess. That's you that- can't... Uh, be in the nice weather, pretend you are for I'll, a day or two. I'm going to live. Uh, yeah, like... it's great here. I'm going to play in the Phoenix Open, Waste Management Phoenix Open Pro Am tomorrow. There's, I think, last year they had something like sixty thousand people out there on the Pro Am day. So I'm choking already. It's probably, <laughs> uh, you know, like eighteen hours away from tee off, and I'm, I'm still a choking. I'm wow. a choking dog already. You so. thought calling a Monday night football game was a big stage? Going out there, uh, you know, and, and hacking it up before fifty thousand people. You know, that first team, yeah, that's going to be I, you know, I've said this many times. It's interesting because, you know, you can go on TV in front of millions of people and your pulse really doesn't change very much. But, you know, play golf in front of a few people and it, you get really nervous. And I think the reason why is, you know, TV, you feel comfortable with what you're doing. You've done it a lot before and you have confidence in your own ability. Whereas in golf, you know that the embarrassment potential is very high. And, of course, tomorrow with that many people, my fear is also of wounding somebody. Uh <laughs> Luckily, I don't hit the ball hard enough, I think, to actually seriously, but uh, there is the potential at least to hit somebody, so I'm, I'm trying to avoid that at all costs. So who's in your crew? Do you know who you're playing with? I don't know. We're going to uh, have the draw party tonight where they tell you who you're playing with, but uh, you know, it's, it should be fun. I think I'm playing with one of the waste management uh, teams, and since... They are the title sponsor. I think they get a pretty high pick in the draft, so I'm sure we'll have a marquee uh, pro player with us, which will be a lot of fun. And, you know, as you know, it's just a great event here. It's the highest drawing event of the PGA Tour last year on the Saturday at the Phoenix Open. I think they had 202,000 people wow. on the course. So uh, it is quite the show here. It's a, a very big party, and it's a you know, one of the biggest events of the year in the Phoenix Scottsdale area, for sure. Well, have fun, and we'll Sports be li- or otherwise. Yeah, we'll be living vicariously uh, through you uh, for sure in that the beautiful eighty degree weather out there. So, Sean, we've got. Yeah, I won't mention that it's eighty degrees. I promise that I will stop mentioning that it's eighty degrees. It's okay. sunny here. Okay, that's three times. That's enough out of you, Sean. We got Super Bowl Fifty Two coming up. I'm going to put you in the hot seat. You are in that spot. You're in Al Michaels' chair. You're getting ready for this game. What are you really focusing on here? What are the big storylines from what you've seen with the Eagles and the Patriots that you would really be digging into in Super Bowl prep, getting ready for this game if you were in that spot? Well, you know, I think there are a lot of things, and I can't imagine how exciting it must be for those guys who are getting ready for it. Because I think that's any broadcaster's dream, it's any production group's dream to have the chance to do the Super Bowl. It's the ultimate sporting event in our country, obviously. So I'm happy and excited for those guys. Uh, you know, I think there are a tremendous number of storylines on each team. I, I think, you know, the most important thing, obviously, 
the Super Bowl is a huge event in America and it brings in people who aren't into the nuts and bolts football part of it necessarily. A lot of people are into it just to, you know, they're in numbers pools or they're at parties where the Super Bowl is going on in the background. But I think the vast majority of people, obviously, the football part of it is the most important as you're broadcasting it. So I think, I think the important thing to start off with that I'd want to find out is the health of Tom Brady's hand and, you know, Rob Gronkowski as he comes back from the concussion that he suffered against Jacksonville in the AFC Championship game. You know, those are obviously the two key players for the New England Patriots. So I think you'd start there. You know, Nick Foles is a huge story. I think how he plays will determine you know, how competitive or even how great a chance that Philadelphia has to win the game. I think if he plays well, as he has in the playoffs, then they have a really good chance to win. I think if he doesn't play well, uh, they don't. You know, And he's a streaky guy. That's been the history not only throughout his career, but particularly lately since he took over Carson Wentz. We did the Monday night game against Oakland on Christmas night when he played. He played very poorly, and I think most Eagles fans were really pessimistic heading toward the playoffs about whether they could even win a game if he was going to play like that. So. I think those are the, the main stories going into it. Sean, that Eagles defense, certainly Nick Foles' play has picked up as of late, but that Eagles defense up against that Patriots offense, I mean, the, the, I it, you can't really compare it to the Giants teams that the Patriots lost to twice in those Super Bowls, but what page can they take from those Giants in terms of getting pressure on Tom Brady? What things from what you've well, seen did they do well? I think there yeah. are similarities. You know, the players are different, but you know, one of the reasons the Giants were able to win is they can consistently get pass rush pressure with just the four guys and Philadelphia is able to do that too. They do not blitz a lot with Jim Schwartz as the defensive coordinator because they don't have to, you know, they have eight guys up front who rotate in. So the backup guys are fresh, you know, Fletcher, Fletcher Cox is one of the best defensive tackles in football. There's no question about that. I think if the, the one of the other key storylines, as you asked about, in the game will be the ability of New England's interior offensive line to handle him. But, you know, they're, they're rolling eight guys in there who are all talented and all capable of getting a pass rush, and you know, I think they'll be able to cover, particularly Gronkowski. You know, most teams that are successful against Gronk are either doubling him or certainly bracketing him, shading coverage to him. So, you know, I think they're able to do that because they don't need to commit more than four guys to the rush. And, Sean, you called a game with the Patriots week 14 when they lost to Miami. Is there anything that you remember from that game that the Eagles may look at film and say, hey, wait a minute, we can do that better than they can, or was that kind of a unique circumstance? Well, I think it was a unique circumstance, and Miami's just one of those situations for New England where that kind of seems to be their stumbling place. You know, they've uh, even back to when I was a kid, of course, when I was a kid, the Patriots weren't good, and Miami was terrific year in and year out, so... It's just always been the place where they don't play well. They were dreadful on third down that night. I think that'll be another key, too. You know, Jacksonville in the fourth quarter had a couple of opportunities to get off the field on third down. That one third and 18, I think Doug Marone and his people will be thinking about for a long time. So, you know, I I think, uh, you know, the one thing that Miami did great in that game was play third down defense. Sean McDonough is our guest, the voice of Monday Night Football here on ESPN Radio Syracuse, and of course, a proud Syracuse alum. And Sean, you have a vacancy in the booth, and John Gruden has moved on to the Oakland Raiders and soon to be the Las Vegas Raiders. And, man, what a story that was. And, you know, you had to do that game, and you kind of knew he was moving on, and I know that he wanted to focus on the game, and you guys were going back and forth on that. But there he is. He's in Oakland, 
and you've got a vacancy to fill. So I know you're not going to tell me, you know, what you can't tell me, but what can you tell me? How's that process going to go and how much insight do you have into that? So how do you replace a guy like John Gruden? Certainly not easy to do. Oh, do we lose Sean? All right. Sorry, I accidentally oh. pressed my face against the mute button here. How are <laughs> there you? There you go. Well, now a, we're back. We're back, baby. I'm trying to unpack here from my trip as I just got home here in Phoenix. Uh, while I'm talking to you, sorry about that. No, no I, We have Matt Hasselbeck, as you know, this weekend at the Pro Bowl. Yeah, I think he is obviously an outstanding in-house candidate. I thought, you know, for a guy who had done one or two games total in his career, he did an excellent job. And like anything else, you know, the more he does, it will get even better. So, yeah, I think they'll take a long look at him, but there are other in-house candidates as well who I think they want to explore, and you know, a couple of uh, outside ESPN candidates as well uh, who make sense. So, you know, I don't think ESPN is in any rush. We don't have another game until August, so there's plenty of time to step back, think about it. You know, maybe audition some people, ask around, uh, you know, who might be interested. I think ESPN will take advantage of this opportunity with all that time to take their time, get the right guy. Sean, uh, it was interesting watching the Pro Bowl. People always kind of make jokes about the Pro Bowl, and I always say people watch the Pro Bowl. Like, it's just not, they wouldn't do it if people didn't watch this thing. But the way they've done the skills competition and kind of changed the game around, and, you know, having just gone through it and broadcasting it and returned from that trip, you know, wh- where are we at with the Pro Bowl here? Because it seems like and the yeah, ratings I were think up it's big. Better. This year. You know, yeah. uh, in all honesty, last year going down there, I wasn't really that excited about it because. You know, in the past, I really haven't watched this Pro Bowl. I just was interested in it because, you know, it just kind of seemed like in some ways it was a joke. And I think the league felt that way, too. And I was there last year. I know that the you know league talked to the players about taking it much more seriously, making it a football game. Now, obviously, in an exhibition game like that, an all-star game, you know, you're not going to hit guys 100%. Although, at the end of the game, when the game was on the line, uh, certainly in the intensity level ratcheted up noticeably. But... Uh, but the players did take it more seriously, and you know it did resemble a game. Um, you know, some of the guys running the line were basically stood up instead of tackled. That happened most of the day, but it was competitive enough. And I do think the skill showdown has really pumped some life into the whole week as well. Players like it to the point where I know there are a lot of players who are down there who did not participate, who were talking to the league about participating if they're there next year. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, the rating for that was up. I think about 16%. The rating for the game was up 26%. So there was definitely interest in it, and uh, and I'm excited about it going forward. Sean McDonough is our guest here for a couple more minutes on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Uh, Sean, I was curious uh, with uh, your, your friend Mike Tirico and, and fellow Syracuse grad is about to, you know, right after the Super Bowl, the focus will shift to the Olympics, and he's about to be the primetime host. And what an opportunity for him, of course, uh, quite literally taking the torch from Bob Costas. Have you had an opportunity to talk to Mike about that and how excited he is about it and preparing for that and just the the whole thing of, of stepping into, you mentioned the Super Bowl is the biggest thing in American broadcast sports. The Olympics, that's probably the biggest assignment, you know, arguably in sports, and he's about to take it on. Yeah, I, I think it is. You know, uh, World Cup soccer, obviously, in a lot of the world would be similar. But, you know, it's, he's stepped into, it's one of the reasons, the biggest reason why he left Monday Night Football, left ESPN, because he knew he was going to have the chance to host the Olympics someday. That day is now, and 
he's obviously the heir apparent for Al Michaels on Sunday Night Football, so someday he'll have that plum assignment as well and also have the opportunity to broadcast the Super Bowl. So Mike has one of the great jobs in all of sports now. He did when he was at our place, too, and he'll be fantastic. You know, like Bob, uh, he's an incredible student and preparer for the assignment, and he'll know everything about every one of these athletes that he could ever possibly want to know with the help of some terrific research departments. When I was at CBS, I was a part of three Olympics, and you know the researchers are amazing and a huge help to the announcers in preparing for all these different events. But you know, Mike will be great, and uh, you know, I think he has taken his place really among the great broadcasters of all time with what he's already done and with what he's about to do. So, Sean, other than out there on the 11th fairway with shaky knees as the 50,000 fans look on, now where can we see you in the next couple of weeks, doing some college basketball? Well, we'll be, uh, you'll see me with the Orange next Monday night in Louisville. You know, I kind of revert to Big Monday now. We go from Monday Night Football to Big Monday. We've done a, three of those already. Last night down at Duke with Cables. And it's always fun to be with him. I think I'm with LaFonso Ellis next week for the Syracuse-Louisville game, but it'll be good to see Coach Bayheim and the staff and the players and all the other people around the program, and unfortunately, we don't have a game up in Syracuse this year, which was a big disappointment, because obviously, it's homecoming for me, and I love it every time I'm there, but uh, looking forward to that, and we'll continue with the big Mondays uh, right through the ACC tournament, and I'll do the international feed at the Final Four in San Antonio, and then in early April, I basically drift off to... uh, little R&R, and hope to do some traveling this summer around the world. I've never really done much international travel just because I travel so much for my job, I really don't want to travel. But <laughs> getting at that age where it's time to go see the world a little bit. So we have a couple of trips planned uh, this summer, and really looking forward to doing that. Fantastic. Well, we'll look forward to the call next Monday. Syracuse is losing players left and right here, Sean. I don't know what kind of team you're going to get next week. They just lost Howard Washington today for an undisclosed period of time for injury so they're they're kind of going with a iron man six-man squad at this point we'll see what they're like when the you uh, yeah you well call coaches them used Louisville. to play them with short numbers and yep. it can't be any worse than what we saw with notre dame last night you know to not have bonzi colson or matt Farrell or tj harvey you know my heart really aches for them and for mike bray i went to mike's charity tournament in south bend in august charity golfing spoke at his event and Spent a lot of time with him, obviously, and he was so excited and you know, thought this had a chance to be one of his best teams, if not his best team. So uh, to have them get devastated like this by injuries is really tough. But as we both know and all your listeners know, unfortunately, injuries are a part of it. Uh, in a case like this, it's a bad part of it. No question about it. Sean, really appreciate your time. Enjoy uh, your time at the Phoenix Open this week and everything coming up, and we'll catch up down the road, my friend. You got it, Brent. Thanks, my friend. Uh, have a great week and enjoy the Super Bowl. And we expect full attendance from all of your loyal listeners to watch Big Monday next Monday. Night. Absolutely. They'll all be there front and center. That is Sean McDonough, our friend from, of course, Syracuse grad, Monday Night Football, ESPN, and now uh, college basketball. You hear him on the call. Awesome to hear that he'll be doing that Syracuse Louisville game coming up on Big Monday. And he just brought it up with Notre Dame. Syracuse, yes, is thin, but there is a ton of injuries in the ACC this year. Incredible to see how that's playing out.